Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road Church in Guildford, UK. Thank you for joining us on the journey, wherever you are in the world. You can find out more about who we are and what we're up to at EmmausRoad.com. Well, good morning. Mine, uh, for those of you, uh, if we haven't met before, my name's Bill, I'm the associate pastor here, and it's great to see you all. Um, uh, I know many of you uh, know quite a lot about me, but um, for those of you who don't, uh, I haven't been a Christian my whole life. I, I um, got saved when I was 16 years old, and what happened is the church that I, that I went to, um, um, you know, we enjoyed worship kind of like we had this morning, and it was very normal for people to, to, um, to pray for people to get healed and to see people healed. It was, it was very normal to see people praying in tongues it was, and experiencing the presence of God and the nearness of God. It was very normal uh, for people to expect sort of miracles to happen. That was kind of, that was normal Christian life. And, um, and, uh, and it was normal to see people come to faith as a result of that. It was normal to plant churches because that's what you did. You would, you, would, uh, you would get excited. You'd gather a group of people. There'd be too many people. You'd see somewhere else that was in need, and you'd think, how can we go and bless that place and uh, take a little bit of Jesus with us and partner with Jesus, and we'd, and we'd plant churches all over the place. It was no, that was what normal Christian life was like. And I guess that sort of has been woven into me. It's what I'm most, one of the things I'm most passionate about, is, passionate about is seeing people encounter the power and the presence of Jesus. What I'm most passionate about is people experiencing him in all his goodness. What I'm passionate about is seeing people step into what they already have, what God has already promised them. And I think um, over, the, over the years, what I've, what I've noticed is, is that um, some people uh, think they're not worthy of stepping into all that, into the supernatural and all the, all the amazing promises that God has for them about how he's going to use them. Some people don't feel worthy. Uh, some people uh, don't think uh, they're, they're, they're good enough. They think they, all they see is the, the, their shortcomings and they think, no, that disqualifies me. Uh, there are other people and, um, and uh, they're not even aware that there is this power that is available to the power of God. It's not with this. We're not talking Star Wars. We're not talking about I am the, with the Force and the Force is with me and and all that kind of stuff. We are talking about the living God wanting to come and live within us and move in us and move through us in a way that reveals His love, His power, His goodness to the world around us. It's all in the Bible. And I think some of, some of the people I've met they're not even aware it's in the Bible. They sort, of, they, they, they sort of missed the part where Jesus said, all that stuff I've been doing, you're going to be doing even greater stuff than that. And the last thing he said, I, I think famous last words, the last thing that someone says is really important. And the last things that, one of the last things that Jesus says to his disciples in the end of Matthew's gospel is, go into all the world, preach, uh, preach the good news, teach them everything that I've taught you, baptize them, etc. But he said, do everything that I've taught, I've done with you. And it seems like um, um, some people have, have, have ne not necessarily understood what that meant. And I'm passionate about that. And, and what's been happening in my own heart over the last little while is God has started to speak to me. Um, he, started, he, 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 said, um, uh, he started saying, fuel the fire, fuel the fire. And I was like, you know, 
what, you know, great. Uh, yes, Lord, what does that mean? And he said, you fuel the fire by fanning the flame. Like, yes, yeah. And it's, what I love about God is he says things, and you have to like, like yeah, what do you mean? Because um, he's always trying to draw us into conversation. And, um, and, and he started talking to me about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do and that he's wanting to awaken within us this fresh awareness of his presence, of his power, of everything that he, that he has already uh, given to us that we need to take claim of. It's a bit like winning the lottery and never cashing the check. He has promised us these amazing resources, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he's waiting for us to claim them and to step out and to start uh, to use them. What could be more exciting than to be in a situation in work and there's this problem that you, that you and your team or your colleagues can't get your head around. And you suddenly think, I remember God's promise that he's, he's promised supernatural wisdom. So you say, Lord, please give me wisdom. And in that moment, a thought comes to you and it opens up the whole problem. And brings resolution to it. What could be more exciting than that? What could be more exciting? Supposing you're a doctor. What could be more exciting than saying, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but can I pray for you? And pray for someone and see them get healed. Without, me without medical intervention, but with in intervention of the, the, the power of God. What could be more exciting than catching God revealing his heart to you for somebody? And you just start to share that with them in a way that is non-weird. You don't say, I feel the Lord saying but you just, you just start to speak to them and say, look, this is what I see in you. And you start to call forth the things that God's already put in them, and you see them begin to change. What could be more exciting than that? So when Pete said to me, you know, um, talk to us as a team, what should we do this time? I said, let's do something on the gifts of the Spirit, because I feel that it can be one of those things that we talk about, but we never actually step out and do. But let's talk about it so that, that we begin to, in collectives in our small groups, begin to do the stuff as well. There are people who don't know about the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he has. When um, I was uh, studying uh, a vicar factory, um, um, you sort of go in wearing skinny jeans and you come out wearing straight jeans and polo shirts. Um, and in my case, a dog collar. Um, uh, one of my friends, Hamilton, he was this guy. He was from, um, he was from um, uh, South Carolina, and he had this kind of long South Africa, uh, um, South, South African. He, he had this long sort of um, southern uh, drawl. So it was, he spoke quite slowly, and we'd all sort of be on, you know. And he said, it's not that I'm stupid. I just talk slow. And... Um, and, and, and what I noticed is that like, him and his family moved over, and, and, and I noticed that Hamilton was starting to shower at college. And um, I thought, well, you know, maybe he's going for a run or you know, he's doing some exercise before you know, lectures start. And, um, and then I noticed that his family started coming in and having a shower as well. He was married to Lizzie, and they had, uh, they had one daughter then. They've had, they had another son while they were there. And they started coming and having a shower at college. And, and, and eventually I said, I hope you don't mind me asking, but why are you coming to college to shower? You, you know, do you, are you all doing sport or something beforehand? And, and he said, oh no, we, um, our shower's not very good at home. Um, so, so I said, well, have you called the landlord? And, and he said, yeah, we, we called the landlord and the landlord sent, uh, sent someone over and there was, there's nothing wrong with the shower, but it's just like this trickle coming out of the shower. 
Uh, we all know that feeling, don't we? You, stand, you sort of stand there and you just long for it to be over because it's just like it's cold and it's just dribble and you've got to wash. And um, anyway, so that was, that was what was happening. And um, I said, well, are you sh- like, the landlord said there's nothing wrong with the shower. What's the problem? He says, we, it just, it does just, his idea of what a good shower is and ours must be different. Because um, our idea of a shower is something that you can stand under, you know, and expect to actually get wet. <laughs> and, and so um, eventually some of us were around at his house. And, and um, uh, my friend, one of my friends um, said, Let me just have a, I'll just have a look at the shower. And uh, what he did is he went into the shower. Then he looked around the door and then he pressed this button. And then he turned the shower on. <laughs> this torrent. Um, Hamilton had not read properly. The, uh, the, the notes that came with the flat. There was a power shower. All it took was the flick of a switch. And suddenly, like that, I've never seen a man so happy to experience a power shower as, as I did at Hamilton. It was just the most extraordinary thing. And I believe that in this season, God is waiting to flick the switch, so to speak, in some of our lives. In all of our lives, it's our expectation that as we go through this series, uh, you'll encounter the presence and the power of God in your own life in such a way that you'll start to pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, you'll begin to prophesy to work colleagues or people that you meet. You'll begin to pray for people and see the joy of them being, being healed. That is our expectation as we start this series. But you can only really understand the spiritual gifts if you understand the giver. What you believe about God shapes how you live. And I think for a lot of us, we have this disconnect. We, we read about this amazing, loving, gracious, generous, powerful God in the Bible, but somehow there's this disconnect between what we read on the page and what we really believe. And um, I know for a long time in my own life, I read all that stuff, but actually what I thought God was like, I thought God was like Mr. Bumble from Oliver Twist. You know what I'm talking about? Oliver eventually, you know, we've all seen the musical, or most of us have seen the musical, and uh, this bit, please, sir, can I have some more? More! You want more? It's sort of in the whole, sort of, and we think God's like that. Maybe not shouting as much, but we think that he's disapproving. He's like, how dare you ask for more? God is generous. He wants to give us more. He is good. The writer of Psalm 136 knew this. Let me just read you some. Let me read some of it to you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of God. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. He actually repeats that truth, his love endures forever, 26 times. He had got the message that God is good, that his love endures forever. Putting it another way, his love never quits. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you think you've failed, his love for you is forever. It's described in, jo- in the first letter of John, chapter 3, is his love being lavished upon us. So he's good. His nature is to be generous. 
Let me read this to you from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to, uh, 7 to 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. To the one who seeks finds. And, the one, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for a bread, gives him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to good give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, the thing is, he wants to give us good gifts. He's not trying to trick us or lull us into some sort of false sense of security. He doesn't offer us the gift. He doesn't offer us the gift that he never intends to give us. God is not like that. God says, what would you like? And then he gives it to you. He wants to give it to you. He's not waiting to give you a gift to then make you weird. I mean, some of our cases, let's be honest, we were, we're weird anyway. I don't need to be made any more weird. But he's not waiting to, to trick you, say, great, I've given, I, I want to give them a gift, and I'm going to give them a character transplant, and they're going to go all weird, and they're going to say and do weird things. He, the, the, the wonderful thing about these gifts is when they're exercised properly, it is normal. We become fully ourselves, and we have a confidence knowing that God's with us, and God will do what he says he'll do. So let's have a quick view, overview of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 1, and then verses 4 to 11. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. If you have a Bible, underline common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. I want to make the point that the reason they're called gifts of the Spirit is because it is the Holy Spirit who gives the gifts, because He's generous and because He wants to in and work, work in and through us for the common good, rather than to make us look good. We all know people, my son plays football. We all know people who are like amazingly skillful at something. Um, my, my son was in a football team before we moved, and they, they had this one player who was really, really good. Uh, unfortunately, he, he knew he was really, really good, and, um, and he never really passed the ball to anybody else. Uh, and subsequently, they, th sometimes they lost. Because if he just you know, used his skill for, you know, to, to enable everyone else to play well, they would have won. God gives these gifts for the common good for everybody, not to make us look good. We can't earn them because they are tools, not trophies. They are tools, not trophies. He gives us gifts so that we can, he can show the world through us what he is 
like. When I was, um, when I was on my, in my year between um, school and university, and they didn't have the vision course then, um, uh, I, I went and did a, a, a discipleship training school with YWAM. And we ended up sort of um, going to Mexico. And I remember um, we, we sort of did this um, tambourine dance, which is just horrendously embarrassing. And I think back then, I think, well, you know, this white T-shirt, these white baggy trousers, this purple sash, and sort of tambourining all over Mexico. Uh, and it was like, but, but, you know, the amazing thing was God used it. Um, and uh, I remember after we did, we had this whole sort of, you know, uh, drama and all the rest of it, and, and uh, we did the tambourine dance. And um, the tambourine even had, like, tassels coming off of it. It was just, you know, like one of those things you think, you know that group think thing, and you think, like, if anybody told me, na- told me separately this is what you're doing, I would have definitely said no. Because everyone else was doing it. It's like, great, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's all make a fools of, self, fools of ourselves for Jesus going around Mexico. But um, what we'd do after we'd, you know, someone would do a presentation. And, and um, I, I remember this one time, just, um, it was really late. It was starting to rain. And um, this Mexican man came up to me, and we had an interpreter with us. And, and he just pointed to his knees. And so I, uh, I hadn't, you know, I, I was used to sort of doing this in England, but I'd never prayed for someone from another country, so I thought I probably should keep the prayer short. So I just um, got down on my knees, and I touched his knee and said, um, Jesus, please would you come in power and heal his knee? And, he's, and literally at the moment, he started jumping up and down, jumping up and down. He started running up and down the street, and it's starting to rain really heavily. And he keeps saying, Dios me ama, Dios me ama, Dios me ama. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it's obviously good news. And what he's saying is, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. And he'd been healed, like spontaneous. God has, in that moment, healed him. Not a long, sophisticated, deeply theological prayer. Just, God, please come and power and heal this man's knees. So let's have a quick overview of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I know that over the next few weeks, we're going to go through these in slightly more detail. But I just want to give us kind of a whistle-stop tour of what the gifts of the Spirit are, or at least some of them. So first of all, a message of wisdom. This is when God gives someone supernatural uh, insight into a particular uh, situation or person. A good example of this, uh, you'll know it well, is um, when Solomon first becomes king, he asks God for wisdom. And one of the first things that happen is two women, um, two mothers approach him with one baby. And, and they both are arguing about whose baby it is. Because one of the, the other baby had died. And he just comes out with this genius solution that enables, enables them to work out really quickly uh, who the actual mother was. So in that moment, God gave him super, the gift of supernatural uh, wisdom. Secondly, the gifts of revelation. And this encompasses words of knowledge, prophecy, and distinguishing between spirit. A word of knowledge is when God reveals supernaturally to somebody a detail about a somebody that they could not otherwise have known. For example, my friend Nick... Uh, Fox. He's, uh, he's American. He's planting a church with his wife, Kerry, in San Diego. He is off the chart incredible at this. Uh, he is the most normal guy you're ever going to meet. And um, he was in Belfast, um, just visiting Belfast. And this man walks into the, uh, the, the restaurant. And um, he just senses God starting to speak to him, sharing his heart with him about this person. And, um, and he's, he, he's he, He's been doing this kind of long enough to, to begin to work out, Lord, what are you saying? What do I do? do I, is this for me to pray or is this for me to share? So he feels God telling him he should go and share this. So he just goes up to this person and says, hi, my name's Nick. And like, what's everyone's worst nightmare if you're sat in a restaurant? Is some very chatty American. Like, any Americans here, we love you. 
We love you. We love anyone listening. We love you. But you know that sort of thing, like, hi, how are you doing? And all this kind of thing. Like, I just want to, you know, I'm very English, or in that case, Irish, and just want to sit down and eat our meal. And anyway, um, so he says, um, uh, I'm a Christian, and um, I just had this thought. I, I don't know if it relates to you, but would you, would you like me to share it? And the, the, I think the guy was a little surprised and said, okay. And um, um, Nick just started to share what he had sensed God's, God had put on his heart for this man. And this man, he was with some of his friends, just started weeping. And uh, one of the things he said to him was, you, God has placed a call on your heart for the poor. And in that moment, this, this guy just lost it. A man in his 50s. And Nick said, well, you know, would you mind if I pray for you? And he prayed for him. And one of his friends were trying to work out what was going on. And like this man's friends. And he said, look, um, anytime you need anything, give me a call. Here's my card. And he gave him his card. Now, Nick's not from Northern Ireland. He's not from the UK, so he didn't know. But that was a very prominent British politician. And God used him to, to re- with a specific word of knowledge that opened this guy up. And... Um, uh, and that is what God wants to do in and through you if, if you ask for that gift. Baby steps, but that's what he wants to do, that kind of thing. So that's a word knowledge. A prophecy is when uh, God uses someone to supernaturally speak to a person or situation in a way that strengthens and encourages. The benchmark for this, and I know Hannah's going to be talking about more of this in a couple of weeks, is it, is it loving, is it encouraging, is it from the Bible? If it's those three things and you have a thought um, uh, for somebody, about somebody, it, it's probably God. And that's the begin- God beginning to release the prophetic in you. Mike Stockwood is amazing uh, at that. And it's when you catch the heart of God for somebody in such a way that when you share it, something happens to them. They see breakthrough or, or a situation sees breakthrough. Discerning uh, between the spirits. In the supernatural, it's a supernatural gift that enables people to see what is happening in the spiritual realm. Um, the gift of faith. This is a supernatural uh, gift that enables people to step out and, uh, and believe for things they wouldn't normally believe. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen this happen, but someone like someone suddenly has this, this extraordinary confidence. They pray this praying like, it's like a lion roaring. Where the heck did that come from? You know, they kind of pray this really bold, daring prayer, and they're like the quiet as a mouse normally. 
or they just suddenly have this confidence to, to, to they've never, you've never seen them done, do it before, they never, they've norm, never normally done it, but they just go up and share their faith with somebody, and that, that, is, that is when the, the gift of faith is manifested in that person. They just have this supernatural confidence uh, to step out and to trust God. The gift of healing. This is when God uses, uses us supernaturally to, to heal an infirmity or a disease. The New Testament is full of stories of Jesus and his followers using this gift. Church history is, is full of stories of God uh, supernaturally healing people. There are people in this church today who God healed, has healed. Uh, I had this massive lump on my foot. Um, I, I won't do the whole story, but basically I got this ganglion on my foot. It's really big, really ugly. I, uh, and I couldn't sort of get my shoe in anymore. It was so big. And I tried all sorts of methods of trying to get rid of this ganglion, involving lancing it with a nail, bashing it with a Bible. Oh, that's a, none of it worked. Um, I eventually went to the doctor, and the doctor said, and it's, then it got infected. And the doctor said, have you, been to, to, have you tried to sort this out yourself? I said, no, not at all. And, um, and he said, well, we, I can't operate on it because of where it is on your foot. And basically, he injected me with a steroid, and he said it should go down. It, 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 did, it, it, it didn't go down. It got bigger. Uh, so I went back, and he said, well, let's, let's syringe all the stuff out of it. So he did that, injected it with steroid, and it came back even bigger. Um, so now I feel like I've got a foot and another foot next to it sort of thing. And... Um, I was really frustrated, and eventually I, I said to my, um, to my eldest son, who was, I think he was three at the time, oh, will you pray for my foot? And he just said, uh, God, please make Dad's foot better. I went, like that, just before bedtime. And I woke up in the morning, and God had healed it. When Nikki, uh, my wife, was on Alpha, uh, her group prayed for her to be free from, set free from bulimia. Uh, she'd been, had bulimia for seven years, and in that moment, uh, God set her free and healed her of um, bulimia. And my mum over, over there, when she was an alpha, um, God healed her shoulder. Nikki's he, Neil, knee has been healed twice. She would think after the first time she would, you know, sort of quit the running and all the rest of it. But no, God's had to heal it twice because, you know, she didn't get the message the first time. Um, and we've had people get spontaneously healed during, uh, during services here. You know, God loves to heal people. Miraculous powers. I love this gift. It's you know, Jesus turning water into wine, feeding 5,000 people. Um, a friend of ours, Susanna, for a part of 24-7 prayer, she, I don't know how much money it was, but thousands of um, francs, wasn't it? Just a, a, a supernaturally appeared in her cupboard. Yes, Lord, I'll take that one. <laughs> right there. Praying in tongues. And this, this is a supernatural ability to, to pray in another language. Sometimes you, you pray in a language that is, a, that is an actual language that you have never learned to speak. Um, and other times it's like the language of heaven. It's this language we don't understand, but, but in those moments God comes really close and we're able to articulate the things that are on our hearts that we couldn't articulate otherwise. There are really two important things to remember about these gifts. The first is that they are supernatural. They're gifts of the Holy Spirit that enable people to show the world what he's really like. The second thing is they are supernatural. They're not the same as being weird. The point of these gifts is they're part of the normal Christian life. We need to take all the pressure off ourselves. It's not like if we put on some weird affected voice, God does something different. It's not if we like, you know, suddenly we need a degree in theology to do this. God is looking for people who want to live the normal Christian life, who want to experience his power in such a way that they begin to show people around them who God is and what he's like. They are supernatural. 
they aren't for a select group of Jedi-like people. They are for everyone. And it's so exciting to move in these gifts. No one has all of these gifts. There's a reason for this. It's so that we work together for his glory. Together, as a body, we have all the gifts, or we have access to all the gifts. One body, many, many parts. You've been wondering, I know some of you, what on earth Mrs. Potato Head's been sat next to me for so long doing? You like the handbag? I'm so glad that Nikki bought this. She's my, she's my wife. Um, um, but the point, the reason why Mr. Potato or Mrs. Potato Head is kind of like an icon for the, uh, for the series are, is because the point is, this is only Mrs. Potato Head. Well, Mrs. Potato Head has, has Mrs. Potato Head's hair on and ears on and, I'm not gonna, and, and eyes on and legs on. Otherwise, it's just this weird thing with arms sticking out. One body, many parts. It's all the, other, all the things together make up. I'm just going to leave that there. Make up Mrs. Potato Head. She's missing an ear, but missing two ears, but you, you get the, the gist. One body, many parts. And, in, and fur, further on in... Um, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul makes the point that, that the gifts are for the whole body. So the whole body, the whole of the church represents Jesus. I want to finish with a few uh, top tips. Seek him first. Be a friend of God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Be a friend of God first. Seek the giver, uh, and the gifts will come. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14.1. Love is the key. The point of these gifts is, is, that, is, is that people experience and encounter the love of God, that God's love for them. In between 1 Corinthians 12, which talks about spiritual gifts, and 1 Corinthians 14, which talks a little bit more about some of the spiritual gifts, there's 1 Corinthians 13, surprise, surprise. And 1 Corinthians 13 is a chapter all about love, what love looks like. And Paul makes the point right at the beginning, if I can prophesy and I can move mountains, but I have not love, it is nothing. God's highest desire for people is that they would know, encounter and know his love and be changed and become his friends. And that as individuals experience that, families, communities, cities, nations experience that. And they are changed by the love of God. Love is the key. Okay, a couple more uh, top tips. Be eager. Eagerly desire them. Want them, ask for them. There is nothing wrong for asking them. Ask for all of them. Ask for all of them. Be eager. Secondly, be expectant. Remember the passage we heard in Matthew earlier on. Everyone who asks, receives. So if you ask for one of these spiritual gifts, expect God to give it to you. Not in a sort of presumptuous way, but he said he would. So let's step out and believe that he's, that he's going to say, do what he says he would do. Be patient. These gifts grow over time. 
When we ask for a gift, I don't know, like this one time, it's, it's, it wasn't a spiritual gift, but I, I really want to be good at like playing the piano and like the guitar. Uh, so I just said, Lord, Lord, I sat at a piano this one time and I said, Lord, I'm ready. Bring it on. And like, you, nothing, well, I, I believe that, you know, God gave me an ability somewhere, but you've actually got to exercise it and practice it. It grows over time. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm not a, I have a terrible sense of rhythm, but I'm getting there. With a, with, a, with a kind of piano every now and again. Same with spiritual gifts. If you ask for God to give you the gift of uh, prophecy, he's going to give it to you because he said he would. But don't necessarily expect to re- download like the book of Isaiah first time. You know, a lot of people, they start, they get a little picture in their mind, and they spend most of the time thinking, oh, it's probably me, it's not God. And it's loving and it's encouraging. It's from the Bible. And then they share it with someone like, oh my goodness, some, the person sort of falls over because this simple thing that, that, they, that they received that they weren't even sure was God or not has really touched this person. And then what happens is you grow in confidence. You begin to step out more and you trust God that he does speak to you. And you begin to see extraordinary things happen. More extraordinary things happen. So be patient. Be ready to practice the gifts. The wonderful thing about collectives, and I, I, I'm wanting to encourage all the collective leaders, when you get together as your collectives, don't just talk about the talk and you know, pick it apart and all the theological problems or what, you know, whatever, or my shirt or whatever it is. Practice them. Get together and say, you know what, we're going to ask, we're going to have a go, we're going to see what happens, uh, and, and we're going to do that. And, and you may all be terrified. God's good. He loves you. He's not gonna, no one's going to die. Give it a go. Be brave. Have a go. It takes courage. I, I, I want you to know that that never stops. Uh, we were in um, Geneva um, at a 24-7 prayer conference, and God started to uh, speak to me about somebody there who I didn't know really at all. Um, I met them once. And I remember standing up. I was, about, I was just so scared. I was in front of lots of people watching. And I, what, I had, what I had received from God was quite a, quite a specific word of knowledge. And I was just absolutely terrified. It doesn't, but, I, but I also knew that God spoke to me, and I was, I was, I was prepared to take it. I was pretty confident that he'd spoken. It didn't mean I wasn't scared. So you've got to step out. You've got to, you've got to get past the, you know, the gag reflex. Fight through it. To make, and watch what God does if you do. Watch how he uses you. Be persistent. Keep at it. All of us are going to have times when it doesn't work, it doesn't happen quite the way we thought it would happen. God always does something, but it's not necessarily what, it, what we thought it would be like or how we thought it would be. Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. God loves it when we continually trust Him, when we continually step out, when we continually believe that he wants to do extraordinary things in and through us, because that is his nature. That is who he is. He's good. He's generous. He is longing for a people who have, he, he has flicked the switch on. They are ready and they are open to him using them in extraordinary ways to do extraordinary things. He's looking for ordinary people to demonstrate the, the extraordinary God that he is. Shall we stand together? Just as, uh, just as we finish, I want to do two things. First of all, I should have done this at the beginning. This is our, like our, uh, our book for this series, Everyday Supernatural by Mike Pilavachi and Andy Croft. Um, 
I really want to encourage you, I know I sent it out in the newsletter, but do, uh, do take a look at it. It will explain, explain far more eloquently than I could uh, do um, what I really meant this morning. Um, uh, and it's really, really worth getting. My uh, friends, Nick and Kerry, that I talked to you about before, they are extraordinary people. Um, and they are two of the most courageous, brave, persistent people that I know. And they have um, they've just got this. You know, everything we talked about this morning, that is who they are. And they're just about to plant a church in San Diego. And I, I was thinking about them this morning. I was thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if we caught some, you know, they go out onto the streets and they'll pray for people to get healed. They're totally fearless, even though they're terrified. Wouldn't it be amazing if we caught some of that for ourselves, that, that we, we, even more than we do already, began to go out and have confidence, have words like Nick had for that guy. So um, I'm going to pray for us this morning. Uh, the best way that I know to receive a gift is first we've got to ask for it. I know we've had, there's been a lot of, we've, there's been, I've just thrown a lot of stuff out there. But I just know that there are people in here hungry. They're just like, I, whatever, I want it. I, want, I just want more of God. I want more of what he has for me. And if, if that's you in a minute, I'm going to invite you to come forward and we're going to pray for you. Remember, it's not us that does this. It is God. It is a, it is a sovereign work of God in and through us, his body, his people, to reflect his good, his goodness and his love and his glory to a world that is desperately in need of hope. I love Becca's word earlier on, seeds of hope. What if, what if God used us as a church to be people, everywhere we went we planted flowers, so to speak, seeds of hope. One of the best uh, ways I know how to do that is to, is to ask God to give you spiritual gifts and watch how he uses you uh, to bring hope to people who desperately, desperately need it. So I'm going to pray and then we'll get people forward. Father, thank you that you love to give us good gifts. How much more does your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? We want to hold you to that promise, Jesus. Would you stir in us a hunger for you, a holy discontent? Lord, that we wouldn't settle for the, the shower that doesn't really give out much water, but we, that you would activate in us, you would turn, flick that switch, that we would be expectant people. So would you come and fill us? Some of us, would you fill us with hunger? For others of us, would you sow in us discontent, holy discontent? For others of us this morning who are just a little freaked out by what we heard, would you help us to remember that you are good, you're good, you're good, and your love endures forever? Thank you, Lord. Now, what I'm going to suggest is I think we're going to have a worship song. If the whole talk, you've just been like, will you please shut up and pray for me? We'd love to have you down and we'd love to pray for you. If 
through the talk, you've just been like, oh, you've sort of been like warming up slowly. and like, I think I'd be up for that. We'd love to pray for you. If you've been sat here and thinking, I'm not hungry, I'm not sure I want to be hungry, we'd love to pray for you. If, if you ask for a good gift, God will give it to you. So maybe you're here and you, you'd like God to use you to hear his heart for people and share it, to move in the prophetic. Maybe you're, you need supernatural wisdom at the moment. Come forward, we'll pray for you. Maybe you want to be able to pray for people and, and, and see them healed. We'll pray for you. So let's worship and, and when you're ready, you come down and we'll pray for you.